Hello and welcome back to the Couple's Guide to Stranger Things podcast. I'm Shan. And I'm Tom. And we're just a couple of super fans who met through our love of Stranger Things. In today's episode, we've just finished Chapter 7, The Bathtub, and now we have to try to talk about it without pushing this anywhere near the two-hour mark. (laughs) I was going to say, shall we dive in to the bathtub? (laughs) Like Elle did. Like Elle did. So I don't think you're wrong by saying this may be a two-hour podcast. It's going to be our longest. (laughs) Because in this particular episode especially... There isn't a scene that isn't important. Exactly. There's no throwaway scenes or yeah. fillers, should we say. Yeah, because I know we kind of said in like the last chapter that things are starting to come together and stuff, but they are really coming together now. Exactly. Like I say, yeah, last episode was the start of the action. Yeah. This one is... We're moving. There's, yeah. It's go time. All of those storylines have now merged. Exactly. Like, That's it. We've had so many separate storylines and then they've just gone yeah. together. All of our like defenders have joined. <laughs> yeah. But um the first scene in this, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, we might need 2 hours just for this scene. Let's just say we did watch a little sneak peek of this <laughs> yeah, before recording the last episode. Because honestly, this scene is the first scene in this episode and it is just like I said last time, this is my favourite scene of the whole of season one. Yeah. And I just love it. Like, my notes from the rewatch we've just done is, wow, the bathroom scene, it is everything. Eye contact, words, but not too much words, but important words. Yeah. And I feel like any Malevin fan will 100% understand the gobbledygook that I just wrote. <laughs> it's one of the most special Malevin scenes, yes. without a doubt. It, it, it's the star... Well, it's the first time that Mike, but anyone, calls out pretty while yeah. she's just herself. Yeah. It's, so It says everything, that scene, because it literally starts with... Mike is getting the mud off of Elle's face, which in itself is quite a tender moment. Yeah. He's like very gently wiping away like the grime off her face. Yeah. And she's looking at him with the most vulnerable eyes. Yeah. And she knows that literally the last time he saw her, she had on that wig, you know, she was relatively clean and tidy. She looked how she looked when his eyebrows literally shot up into space and he as a reaction. And her pretty. Yeah, it slipped out, exactly. And now she's back to her shaved-headed self. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You, obviously, in the um, moment where she screams out of frustration... Yeah. ...as she's trying to put that wig back on, she does not feel pretty or anything yeah. as herself and you know after she's clean she looks in the mirror and you can see the heartbreak yeah. in her face to start with yeah and obviously her hand goes to her head like I haven't got the wig anymore yeah. I haven't got any hair and I'm, Mike just immediately knows what she's thinking yeah because his 
only words there is you don't need it yeah and those words mean everything exactly and it gets me every time because they mean everything to l but i think they are such important words for any person who is vulnerable about the way they look yeah watching that scene absolutely exactly to find someone that literally is like you are beautiful the way you are yeah exactly that's what the message is behind it it really is and to then see the smile on her face when she says still pretty yeah and he says yeah pretty really Really pretty pretty. and she looks back at herself and like an acceptance yeah i think it is an acceptance because i was gonna say she looks back at herself at first and i think she's looking at it like really She's looking at a reflection like, really? Can I be pretty? But then, eventually, I think, yeah, Mike's words sort of sink in. And she's like, okay, if Mike believes it, then maybe yeah. I am. Because she almost does like a little nod to herself in the mirror. Like exactly, very, but where I'm nod. saying, it, it takes a little moment for that nod. It's yeah, not immediate. Yeah, it so does. I think she looks back at herself like... Like, are you sure? Kind of thing. Yeah, am yeah. I really? But then, as I say, the only person who matters in terms of opinion yeah he said she's still pretty so there we go and honestly it's like if mike was our son i would be in tears if i knew he said that somewhere like in tears of joy like that he is so he's not shallow in the slightest you know he really has gone for Elle as a person you know yeah. Not the way she looks. No, exactly. Or anything like that. And it's just such a special moment. It's so special because, especially because of their age, it shows yes. maturity beyond their age. It does. And I mean, there are scenes later on where I think that about everyone. But that's mm. it. We have to remember, these guys are 12. Yeah. They are, they're not even teenagers yet. And yeah. like you say, the level of maturity from them all yes but especially mike seeing that she needs that affirmation that she can be pretty yeah as herself without having to put on a wig or completely doll up or anything like that it's insane how mature these boys are and honestly like i know i'm skipping way ahead here and we will discuss this when we do get to season four but honestly I feel like Mike has more maturity in that moment when he's 12 than a lot of the scenes when he's 15. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah, I know. And I know we were both, before we started, having we were having a bit of a rant yeah. about how the future seasons take things. Yeah. Not season two. Season two doesn't really have, as I say, I always call them the OG seasons. Yeah. They mix together in my mind because I literally binge straight through the two. Same, same. So... Yeah, they are, as I coined them, the OG seasons. And then, yeah, in terms of future, I mean, like, from season three to four. Yeah. I'm not going to get into it now, because, as I say, this will become a three-hour episode yeah. instead. But, yeah. We just don't agree with some of the character development of Mike, especially in season four, really. But, yeah. I mean, we both have our own he's, personal opinions Yeah, I think it. he's a bit more back to himself than he was season three. Yeah. But it's still not the level that season one and two were. 
Yeah. In some in some of those scenes, especially in season three, he kind of shows more of an immaturity than he does in this first season. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, including yourself, say season three was the... Screw the summer of love. It was the season of fun for them as writers, I think. Yeah. They really just wanted to let go, is how I feel. Yeah. And, you know, like you say, they were purposely taking the mick out of what TV and just yeah. life was like in 85. But it just didn't fit with the show, in my opinion. No. But we are, you know, we're being vague here. So... We're being vague on purpose. I don't want to get into this and basically just wrap up the entirety of our season three of the podcast exactly. into this. We That's need it. something we'll to do, talk we'll about. We'll do a rewatch of season three. And I think that would be important to do because... You we got to unpick each episode like we yeah, are doing now. You exactly, know. that's it. Yeah, I've got to. You know, I don't hide it that it's my least favorite season. No. It's got so many good points. You know, it is an important season. Well, everyone's got to have a least favorite season. Yeah, of course, exactly. Well, at the end of the day, everyone has to. Yeah, exactly. Um, and but... you know, and that's okay that that's yours. And that's it. We will unpick it, and when we do get to individual episodes might find that you enjoy it more than you think or yeah that you because we're not binging and, i know and, and that's it even things. just thinking about it now i reflect back on it not as bad as i used to yeah but anyway anyway we've gone way too long I'm talking yeah. about future seasons <laughs> yeah. like we were saying we're not gonna but just to go back to the bathroom scene because like i said we could talk about that for two hours yeah he says to her you know l i'm glad you're home yeah, an important word there, uh, home. And she doesn't even pat an eyelid. She just says, me too. Me too. So With a little smile. Yeah. And then they start to move forward. And it's so beautiful because Elle probably doesn't know what a kiss is. No, I don't I'd think she I'd be amazed if she does. But it just shows you it's just that natural kind of biological instinct yeah she's clearly attracted to him and he's attracted to her yeah exactly you know there's a chemistry there exactly and And just like a magnet he's leaning in and she's naturally leaning in too yeah exactly and that's it like you say neither of them obviously mike knows what kissing is l likely doesn't she's probably never seen a kiss in her life yeah but yet they're both leaning in and l's not gonna have any idea why Mike might know why, potentially, yeah. but But I'm sure before way. that day, sorry to interrupt, but I'm sure before that day, Mike would have been like, kiss a girl, ew. Oh, yeah. Because he's 12, 100%, you know, that's yeah, gross. Exactly, but that's it when he, you're... He can't help himself. No, exactly, when you love chemistry. someone. Yeah, when you've got the chemistry and you love someone, you just can't help it. Absolutely. So, yeah, God damn it, Dustin. <laughs> but to be fair to Dustin... That timing, unfortunately, was perfect because they probably wouldn't have been able to escape the house otherwise if he had left them any longer. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. Like I, I literally think we are going to be going almost scene to scene because so many scenes were exactly. epic. Yeah, there's not a single filler scene Yeah. in this episode. Every but, scene is used. Because that's it, obviously... Dustin says to... Well, sorry, I'm skipping, ironically, ahead... Like they've got Lucas on the on the supercar, yeah, and he's saying that the bad men are coming, yeah, and obviously Mike looks out the window. He sees with Dustin. He sees the van. The only thing that frustrated me is when he goes to Karen 
and he's yeah. saying, you know, did you schedule any work on the house? And I just think that's... I know she's frustrated that he's just interrupted a phone call with Steve's yeah. mum, I'm guessing it is, and she's trying to find out where Nancy is. But, but it's, it's like you would just say, no, Michael, I haven't. Exactly. It's such a simple question. You want to get back to your call. Why are you the one now bloating this out? Going, I don't understand that there's Do work I need on the house. Yeah. I think that's thing, just yeah. really, that's the only thing that's just a bit silly to me and, and frustrating. Yeah, that's it. Obviously, I know Karen picks up in supporting her kids, you know, especially Nancy. Yeah. Um, Mike as well, but they are such lacklustre parents sometimes. Yeah. And I know there's more... I don't know how many you've written down in your notes about um, future scenes of these two, with Karen and Ted. Not too much, really. So we could put it in now. yeah okay um but yeah like later on it's like you know she walks in and f- to the basement and finds the pillow fort yeah sees a bit of blonde hair i don't know if she knows it's from the wig or not um and i'm sure their like laundry like their washing machine is down is in the basement i'm sure it's in the corner yeah probably so, so you can't tell me she hasn't gone down there in the last couple of days but she's clearly acting as if she hasn't seen the pillow fort yet yeah so yeah there's that and and then obviously they come looking for Elle it's kind of obvious really yeah um and then again we're talking about future seasons but it's like they just forget everything yeah like you know they're treating Mike I know Mike is dropping in school and all that and being a bit of a bratty teenager you're talking about season two mike yes this is season two but we know he has a reason yeah surely karen must get a hint that there must be a reason so why is she treating him so terribly the fact that he's not been the same exactly ironically since since will's come back but what she doesn't realize is that that coincides with l going exactly that's it you would think from Karen's point of view, you'd think he'd be over the moon at uh, the Will's back. Yeah. But he's the and, complete opposite. Yeah, and the thing is, we, we obviously know he is happy that Will's back. Of course he is. Yes. But he's also, like you say, he's doing badly in school. He's getting in trouble. Things he'd never done before. Exactly. Something's wrong. So the fact that they're just putting it off and just saying, no, we're just going to punish you by making you sell all the stuff that's important to you. Yeah. Just open your eyes. Yeah, and that's it. It, this episode in particular shows how very little Ted knows his children. Oh, Ted. And it's embarrassing, like, watching him, like, saying to Connie and stuff, like, oh, we'd know if there was a girl in this house, and yeah. our son, Michael, with a girl, and all these kind of things. He's just He just doesn't have a clue. He does not have a clue. And then, my God, I hate how patriotic he is for the government. Yeah, yeah, he just, he trusts them completely. And to be fair to Karen, though, when Brenna is talking to her, you can tell she does not trust him as far as she could throw him. I mean, Brenna's not the exactly the kind of guy you want to trust. I no. mean, look at the way he talks. I know. Look at his face. He's not, he hasn't got a trustworthy bone inside him. No, he doesn't. But he's clearly been able to coerce a lot of people and manipulate a lot of people yeah. over many decades. The problem is... He's not trustworthy, and like I say, he hasn't got a trustworthy bone in him. You'd be a fool to trust him. But he's very manipulative and persuasive. Yeah, You know, he knows the words. You know, he knows... All he has to say is that Mike is in serious danger and you've 
you you've won any good mother over. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. True, I suppose. That's it. He just knows the words. Mm. So yeah, like you say, she doesn't trust him at all. While Ted's there, like. I will bow down to you. I'll give you every last penny of my paycheck because you are the government. Yeah, he doesn't bat an eyelid. He, no. Like you said, he's very patriotic to the government. Um, definitely. But obviously, that's kind of like our Karen and Ted interpretation of this episode. But really, going back now, obviously, oh, what leads into the van scene. Like like you said, you love when, when Mike says to Karen, you know, um, if anyone asks where I am, I've left the country. Yeah, I love that. Like, d- Mike can Dustin, really. You yes. know, that, that when Dustin's looking out the window and he can see a lot more vans approaching and yeah. cars. And I love how he stared, one of them make eye contact with him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll just close the curtains. That'll help. Yeah. <laughs> Bless him. And then, and yeah, like, running We've got to leave now. Mike! <laughs> Channeling is in a hopper calling Joyce. Yeah. He is screaming at Mike. And again, Karen's just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go back to the phone then. Yeah. Come on! I know. That's n- I, listen, I know kids play. I know they're 12. And they can and be I know, dramatic. You know, you've seen them play in Dungeons & Dragons. My God, they're dramatic. Yes. But sh- have they ever re... You know, he's just come along asking if there's any ha- work scheduled on the house. Interrupting a phone call. I think Mike's, th- at this point anyway, in season one, while he's uh, the Mike that he should be. Yeah. I don't think he be interrupting his mother for anything little no I don't think so, so. I mean they they barely leave the basement do exactly. they exactly so the fact that he's coming up to his mother screaming have you got any anything any repairs arranged on the house to then Dustin screaming they, they've got to leave and he looks stressed yeah like he does not even look he doesn't look like he's playing yeah he looks very serious like we have to go right this goddamn second yeah. and then yeah Mike running off Straight after, <laughs> I yeah, Karen, my God, open your eyes, woman. <laughs> but yeah, Mike's line of "If anyone asks, I've left the country." That no matter how many times I watch that episode, that will make me laugh every single time. That's it. That is my favorite kind of comedy. These moments that are meant to be quite serious, but because of how the actor, um, oh, what's the word? Delivers how, it. Thank you, delivers. How they deliver the line can make it so This funny. is it, yeah. And Little... Hopper's a prime example of that in this season. Yeah. Again, we are going to leak into season three here. See, I wasn't going to. I was just slipping past it. <laughs> I know. Uh, I really should. But, yeah, little bits of comedy like this is how you do it. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously I think they mean for it to happen. I don't think it's all thanks to the delivery as well. Because, you know, they they have to write it. Unless it's improv, which I don't think it is. This one anyway. But this is how you do it. Little simple lines like this. Mm. You know, in a big, as you say, a big serious moment. Two seconds of comedy. Yeah. To get a laugh out of you. Season three really just... Like you say, you mentioned Hopper calling Joyce. And like I say, Dustin was pretty much channeling. Channeling is in a Hopper calling yeah. Mike there. Um, yeah, they take the whole Joyce thing way too far. Yeah. You know, they 
really are trying to force it down your throat. Yeah, we're funny. Look at this. Yeah. That's not how you do it. Yeah. This is how you do it. There is a there is a lot of things in season three that are there to be funny. And sometimes, like I say, me personally, we've all got our personal preference. I definitely prefer the moments where it's not necessarily meant to be funny. But the way it's delivered makes it so. Yeah, exactly. That's maybe it. that's the British in us because we're kind of like sarcastic and things like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But the whole, yeah, it boils down to when it's small, maybe not even intentional. That's great. When you're trying to force it down our throats and it's obvious, mm. we're just rolling our eyes like, please stop. Yeah. But um, we will go back to this. I'm very sorry, people. This has just been a bash season three episode. <laughs> And we don't even hate season three. We don't hate season three. Not anymore. Three. It might be the least favourite of ours, of the seasons, but we don't hate it. No, but I think there's a lot of bits that really led to uh, just venting a little. <laughs> even before we get to rewatching it. God. But the scene I'm trying to get to, I can't believe we are like 20 minutes in or something. 21. 21 minutes in and we haven't even got to the van scene. We need to get I to told the you van. this is going to be a two hour episode at the least. <laughs> so, the van scene. The van. I love the attention to detail here as well. Oh, it's perfect. It really is. Honestly, like, my question though is, and I don't really know why I've never thought about this before because it's so obvious. Yeah. It's just never really come into my mind. Like, what do they think is going to happen? The way yeah. they charge, the way that particular van charges at them. Yeah. Ellie's on the back of Mike's bike. Mike is at the front and that van is coming at him. Yeah. Like, Ellie's incredibly powerful. We can't deny that. But she's not invincible. No. No, exactly. And if she gets hit by a van, that's game over. Be, like, I'm so, fr- ironically, thrown yeah. by what they were going to achieve there because it can't even be to frighten them because he was going too fast he would have hit them too fast yeah exactly even if he's going to hit his brakes in the last second i think he would have hit his brakes before he got yeeted yeah to be fair so yeah i have a feeling whoever was driving that van really had a bit of a mind blank moment maybe and if they're not dead they're fired yeah or dead by the hands of Brenner instead. And maybe that's one of the reasons why Brenner is smiling when he gets out of the van. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, right, well, she punished you for your lack of judgment. Because, honestly, I I was thinking when he smiles, it's just because he's like, that's my girl, using her powers. But I would have liked to have seen his face while that van was charging at her. Yeah. You know, is he going to... Would he have been like, no, no, stop, do not hurt Eleven, you know? Yeah, exactly. Or something like that, I don't know. Um, But I I like to think that smile is, oh, I I knew you could do it, and obviously does not care if the person driving the van is alive or dead. Oh, he doesn't... He hasn't even looked. He does not give a crap. No, no. On the other hand, what just thought... And this is a bit dark, but this is Brenner as a, in a nutshell. Mm. He's probably also like, oh, well, as long as she's still alive. If she can't walk, then she can't run away anymore. Do you know what? I had thought about that as well. But I just thought that would be such a risk. Oh, God, yeah. Like, 100%, such a yeah. Risk. But then I suppose they're running quite a lab. Yeah. You know, they've got, I imagine they've got all the doctors and nurses they need in there. 
Yeah. Maybe. Uh, who knows? Either way, I am... Um, well, I the thing is, all he really wants of Ella is her brain. That's my point. Mm. As long as she's still alive and still fully there mentally, he can just strap her up and say, right, you're my uh, slave for mental power now. Yeah. Like, you know, back how we used to be, except this time you can't run away. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, I have... I wouldn't even put that past Brenner. Honestly. Dark he, as hell, but I would not pass, put it past him. He is such a sickening character, really. He really is. He really is. Like, you almost forget it sometimes. Because, like, we did have a bit of a break away from him in season three. Um, and season two. Um, you kind of forgot to an extent how bad he truly is. Yeah. And it's, you know, he's not the kind of character who... He's not smacked her across the face. He's not... No, really he's tortured her. He's mentally tortured. I was her, just going to say he's, he's mentally, yeah, abusive. He's like you say, he's coercive. He's manipulative. He's controlling. Yeah, and and he is an abuser in those in all of those aspects. Yeah, but yeah, God, he's an evil character. He yeah, really is. exactly. Last, like I was going to say about the van scene as well. The attention to detail there. Like, yeah, it's such a tiny bit, but. When I first watched it, I noticed it straight away. I love the way the van crumples at the front before it's even lifted off the ground. Like, that just shows you how strong Elle is. Yeah, it's almost like a power she's thrown at it, like an invisible power. Exactly, yeah. It's like she's just slapped an invisible brick in front of it. Like a fireball. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I just love that attention to detail that they yeah. bothered doing that yeah. rather than just being like yeah she's just picked it up because yeah she could probably just pick it up but no she's just been like no I'm just going to stop you in your tracks and then the flip part is accidental 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 yeah. <laughs> and that's it and it's like it leads to obviously Elle, Mike, Dustin and Lucas who's joined them now getting away and going to the junkyard and you love the scene really with Lucas yeah like apologising yeah again these are 12 year old kids what kind of 12 year old has that maturity to just say I was wrong yeah you know completely unprovoked he has come up to well said right everything I said I was completely wrong I am sorry yeah you know the, the level of maturity that all of these kids shows in season one is amazing and I wonder as well about it because Elle is so like new to this world I think the benefit of that is that they don't want her to misinterpret what they mean so they are having to be brutally honest for better or for worse so so, like Mike is expressing his feelings because he doesn't want like he can't play you know like people say oh if the boy's mean to you in the playground he likes you like little things like that there can't be any they have to be completely direct with her about their intentions yeah or Um, ironically otherwise she won't understand yeah and I think that works in the benefit yeah exactly and ironically like um, in season two when Dustin is talking to Steve about how to win Max over and he's like oh just be the guy who doesn't care yeah, you know you can't care about her. You can't show any sort of care. Exactly. That there's yeah. no mind games. Yeah, exactly. Like you say, Elle wouldn't get that. No, she, she she's understand. very literal. Yes. Um. So everyone else, when talking with her about her or anything, they have to be literal as well. Yeah. So 
Yeah, hundred percent. Like I say, well, maybe that is why the maturity comes through with Lucas here. And again, maybe that's what has Mike pretty much just being so forefront with her being, yeah. you know, yes, you are pretty, really yeah. pretty, and all that. And being brave with her. And it's a good thing. It is a good thing. It is a good thing, yes. And I, as well as that, I think the fact that she's been locked up all this time, she doesn't have the social norms as well. And there's not a single bit of bullying bone in her body, obviously, because of that. Yeah. Again, that's another thing that gives Mike that... The guts, I, I guess. Yeah. To be able to say these things, because he's not going to think, oh, if she doesn't think the same, she's going to run off and tell everyone in school yeah. that I like her. Yeah. You know. She's not going to um, make fun of me. Exactly. She Like we say, she's very literal. She's, you know... So, yeah, I think it's a really... It's a beneficial thing about her character that we do get to see the the raw honesty of these boys with her and her with them because, obviously, she apologises to Lucas and she says friends don't lie. I'm sorry, too. You know, she's took that literal. She doesn't want to lie to anyone. Exactly, yeah, and that's it. She, you know, she knows she was lying about the gate. Yeah. And, yeah, she was doing it to protect them, but either way, that's still lying. So. Yeah, friends don't lie. Absolutely. And ironically, talking about not lying, that is a lovely little segue into the next scene, which is Joyce finally finds out what Jonathan knows. Yes. Obviously, this happens at the police station. They see the picture of the Demogorgon, and Joyce and Jonathan have that moment in the corridor where she's so angry at him because he was obviously planning on going for the Demogorgon. Yeah, and I love her wording here. It just reminded him, you are not alone. You act as if you're alone, but you've never been alone. Yeah. You know, and we got that from season from season one, from episode one yeah. and a bit of two, that this is such a tight-knit family, the buyers. Yes. Where they've all got their bit to play. You know, yeah. she's working so many shifts. He is working so many shifts. He's running the house, getting breakfast ready, getting Will up for school and all of that. There's not a moment that they're alone. They are such a tight-knit family. And yet, she says, you act as if you're alone. And you can get that after Lonnie. 100%. You know, he's going to be one hell of a reason for that. So, yeah, I just love her wording there. I mean, like you say, she is so furious with him. Yes. Like, she's really angry. But again, she just can't help but just break down and just give him that hug of, stop it. Which I so appreciate because it just it just shows the best of their family. Yes. And I do agree with her, like, about Jonathan. I think he doesn't really know where his place is because in so many ways, with Lonnie going, he's had to be, like, Will's co-parent rather than brother. Yeah. You know, like, making sure his breakfast is ready, making sure he's ready for school, like, being there to look after him where he can, you know, around Joyce's shift. And... But he's not, obviously, Will's father. He's his brother, but he just doesn't get to truly be that role in this season. And, yeah, so I I think it is really... it's, It's really correct what she says, and I really hope it does open Jonathan's eyes... Too, he doesn't have to be alone and he doesn't have to go into these things by himself. Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad 
that Joyce says exactly what we're all thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It would have got you too. How yeah. is that going to help Will? No. How is that going to help me? Exactly. Yeah. And what is very helpful though, you're, you're setting these up very nicely and you haven't even seen my notes. <laughs> Why, thank you. But what is very helpful is Troy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I We literally both went to say this the exact same time yeah. as we watched this moment. Yeah. Troy being there in the police station. I mean, then again, we know it. We know for a fact his mother's dragged him by the ear to that yeah. police station. Um, you know, I I don't think he'd be the kind of kid to ever want to get involved with the police. He's gonna be like, oh, the police, we don't need them, scumbag, pig, blah blah blah. Yeah. But here he is being dragged around by his mother. Oh dear, you can sort of see where he gets it from. Oh yeah. More um, than sort of see. Yeah. Um, he does not want to be there. But the second that he mentions the fact that this girl who broke his arm had no hair. And does he say bleeds from her nose or something? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he says that, Hopper just... Turns around. Of, yeah. He sort of stops in his tracks like, and you can sort of imagine him repeating those words in his head doing a double take yeah. in terms of words and yeah he's like right say that again and yeah exactly and for Troy this is probably a moment of relief because for some reason the chief of police is the first person to properly believe him yeah and actually you know, care about yeah, what he's yeah exactly you know he stopped in his tracks and he's listening to him as if he kind of knows this girl has heard about her before and he believes every word he's saying and that's it obviously you've got Powell and Callahan. they I mean like, Listen, <laughs> like a little girl says, a little girl yeah exactly like his mother says that tone that tone right there yeah it's like yeah and yet here's Hopper truly listening to him truly taking in every single word for real yeah and yeah what we realised here is that if anything we have Troy to thank for any future Malevan or anything like that because if Hopper if he didn't basically say that Mike and all of them are involved with Elle mm. or this girl with no hair and all of that he never would have found them in the um, in the bus in the bus that's it uh, I was trying to think of what the vehicle graveyard is called but I no. guess that's it um, junkyard junk that's it why could I not think of junkyard Jesus um, either way I got yeah. you boo <laughs> either way yeah so Hopper would have never known that Mike and the the others were involved yeah so he would never would have gone to Nancy never, that, in short thank you Troy although I would like to say for all of us that are seeing at, even saying thank you Troy thank you Elle for breaking Troy's arm oh yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I suppose so if you want to follow the line I mean if we were going to follow the line we'll be here all day but thank it, it, ironically let's be honest it would go all the way back to thank you Elle for opening the gate yeah <laughs> <laughs> but thank you Elle for breaking Troy's arm that little gremlin deserved it oh yes 100%, 100%. oh and the next person who kind of deserved it is Steve. <laughs> oh, Steve. We love Steve. <laughs> Finally, Steve is seeing the light after having his lights 
punched out of him. Like we said, he literally had the sense knocked into him. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. literally, it took all of Jonathan's pure rage yeah. to wake Steve up and realise what he'd become, who he's hanging out with. Yeah. What I do think is good for, like, the reprieve of Steve <laughs> um, is that this is only probably a couple of hours after the incident. Probably. And you can tell from the way he's acting now that it clearly was like an instant regret kind of scenario. Yeah, exactly. That's it. While those punches from Jonathan were coming in, he probably sort of realised what he said about Will. Yeah. That's what I think, is that he truly sort of took a moment as he was getting the lights knocked out of him. Yeah. To think, Jesus, did I really say that? I deserve every one of these punches. Well, like, Tommy and Carol just have absolutely no regrets at all. No, it and really goes to show what they're like. Yeah, I mean, they're we just see, nasty people. We don't see Tommy in season two and beyond, do we? We see him in season three because he's all about Billy. Oh, yeah. Well, ironically, I was going to say Carol's all about Billy as soon as he shows up. She just flocks yeah, over Yeah, yeah, we him. do see her as well, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, ironically, he's the one who does that as well. So <laughs> They all do. Yeah, just shows you what they're like. Just... But, yes, and it's good that, you know, Steve is getting his moment now of understanding. And, obviously, it's a bit later on, but he goes to help clean up the graffiti, you know, yeah, which exactly. says a lot as well. It does, yeah. And yes, the uh, staff member is like, did you have anything to do with this? But it doesn't say he, says, he did. I just want to help. I just want to help. And yeah, I, uh, th- those words, I just want to help, they say more than just that. You know, he wants... Yes. He obviously wants to help get that off there, but he wants to help Nancy clear her name. Yeah. And... Yeah, and he's sorry. He's sorry to Jonathan as well. He is. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I think he obviously he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, you know. But either way, yeah, that was truly the turning point. Definitely was those fists to the face. And that's it. And and you know, meanwhile, while Steve is trying to clear up the graffiti and clear up his kind of attitude, I suppose. Yeah, we have a very funny scene. Of um, Nancy, Jonathan, Hopper, Joyce, you know, in the car from a distance, looking at the Wheeler house, and it is surrounded. Yeah. And Nancy clearly wants to go in. Yeah, she wants <laughs> to try and save her family. Yeah. And I think she is saying Mike's there and all of that, knowing yeah. that Mike's involved with Al now. Yeah. But, yeah, Hopper, again, just being the detective that he is. Yeah. Saying they haven't found him yet just yeah. pointing at the helicopter yeah this guy and, <laughs> for mike for mike oh like nancy, nancy can't believe it <laughs> her little 12 year old brother and now he's running away from a well not even police army helicopter and this is it i know this sounds a bit silly but the way she says that almost makes her sound like a 12 year old that's almost like jealous like Mike has a helicopter after him? Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. Obviously, that shocked older sister being like, my brother, who just hides in the basement playing yeah. Dungeons & Dragons, now has a real helicopter chasing him. Oh, it's so funny. And that's it. It's like we will go on to more of those scenes coming up. But 
Nancy and Mike are really funny in this episode. They are. Their sibling relationship this is, is so funny. nearly one of the first episodes we see them interact. Yeah, properly. Absolutely. And obviously the next kind of interaction is Nancy trying to get through to Mike on the supercom, but they they don't trust her. They think no, she's been... exactly, yeah. <laughs> they think she's like a Lando kind yeah, of scenario. Yeah, and 100%. The thing is, what they fail to remember is that even if she's not being kidnapped by the bad men and all of that, they're just talking on radios. There's no privacy to those things. Mm. So even if she's not got them all surrounding her, they're going to hear every single word you're saying. So, And you see, it's funny, isn't it? Because, like, I'm not amazing with technology. And I assumed it was almost like a closed network kind of thing like rather than in just, terms of the supercom brand yeah just well, being between themselves well, more so like a walkie-talkie being different to a radio like uh, but that's the thing a walkie-talkie is the same thing they're and, open and this is what i didn't know so for me when the agents come i always just assumed it was from potentially infrared on the helicopter seeing bodies in the bus which ama- it amazes me that that wasn't the case yeah and i mean yeah it, it never really got close but surely it's going to see a junkyard and think hmm that's yeah. a good place to have a that's quick a scan over or even like potentially seeing them running onto the bus or seeing a few kids that have suddenly disappeared outside yeah i thought that rather than the supercon i actually thought, I thought that the supercon so too. Cha- channel was safe yeah, so I get what you mean. Yeah, you thought that supercoms being supercoms, they could only communicate with themselves. Yeah. But no, that's it. They're, a supercom basically is a walkie-talkie. Yeah. Uh, it's a open radio frequency that, as long as you've got a radio that can tune to that same frequency, yeah, you're listening in. You could mm. talk back as well, but obviously they're not going to. So that's the thing. Even they obviously know that. And them talking to Hopper and telling him where they are must have been so terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Because first of all... If they believe all, him or not, you know. Yeah, exactly. Because that's it. Hopper very much could be on their side. Yeah. For, for all they know. But again, huge props to these kids for trusting them yeah. as well. Because that's it. Like you say, they could have just said no. Yeah. And I mean, lucky for them, he is on their side. Because he literally arrives in the nick of time. Although, I, like I said, I do wonder if he arrived just before and he was kind of scoping the scene. Yeah, I I can believe that because it seems too convenient that he would have got there just in the nick of time and somehow quietly. Yeah. You know, they're going to hear another car pulling up. Yeah. And he so. seems to have got rid of the other agents already because he's like, right, let's go. Oh, you well, know. he punches the one out the door and then you hear him beating up a few others mm. straight after that. So... Do you? Because yeah, he yeah, punches yeah. the guy, then he gets on the bus and says Not straight away. Oh. So he punches out the guy at the door, and then after that you hear a few more punches. While You don't see them, but you hear them. And then he comes on the bus saying, right, let's go. Oh, I need to rewatch that bit, because that, that happens differently in my head. So. Well, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see if you're lying after this, because I will definitely rewatch that bit to check. <laughs> Do you want to pause and rewatch it right now? Let's do it. All right, you then. Okay, so we just rewatched, and Tom is right. Hopper does punch the guy that goes to go into the bus and then goes back for the others. 
And it must have been when I was writing notes because I also missed one of them going, what the? (laughs) I was right. It's got to happen some point in your life, I suppose. (laughs) Let me reflect on this for a bit. (laughs) Well, if it makes you feel better, you've got it recorded for life. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it is a great scene because, like, again, when we're saying about moments that are meant to be serious like that is one of the moments when Hopper's like to them right come on and he's like come on like, yeah, like exactly. hurry they're up just staring at him completely blank and uh, to be fair they're probably genuinely like thinking can what? we trust mm-hmm. you they're probably impressed well, yeah, as well it's it's been, just oh god yeah. yeah impressive that this one man's just taken all of them out yeah but again I can gen- especially in Mike I can genuinely imagine him thinking can we trust you yeah yeah you know, of course. yes you've just knocked out all of them but are you just gonna rat us out then what are you going to do with us mm. sort of thing you know? yeah so yeah i can understand their sort of yeah being frozen in place yeah but then yeah that second come on yeah but it's funny that's the kind of comedy we like absolutely and and thankfully they do at least trust him enough that he takes them to the buyer's house where obviously Nancy and Jonathan and Joyce are waiting for them and again another funny moment between Nancy and Mike like Nancy's like oh, Mike and hugs him and she's like I'm so worried about you and he's like uh yeah okay say <laughs> And obviously she notices Elle's in her dress as well. And um Is everyone, that my dress? Yeah, everyone gets acquainted and you know, again we get another very funny moment where Dustin is explaining where Will is. Yeah. And what's happened and and Joyce's face bless her. She's clearly desperate for answers and she believes them. But she's just like I wanted answers, not more questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I couldn't have put that better. And obviously, Elle tries to look for Barb and Will then. Yeah. And there, like, you've got to admire her determination to yeah. be trying to solve this. Exactly, but that's it. I don't think she can focus properly no, at the moment. She can't. You know, she's under so much pressure. They are literally like all over her shoulder, you know. Exactly. She's under more pressure than she ever was with Brenna nearly. Yeah. You know, not in a bad way. And like Mike and the boys yeah. say, she has just flipped a van. Yeah. So like her battery is drained, like yeah, they say. Yeah, exactly, that's it. And of course, Elle figures out that she'll be able to see them if she's in the bath. Yeah, exactly. You know, in her sensory deprivation tank. Exactly. And I just I know we're going to say this later on as well, but I just appreciate how brave she is. So brave, yeah. Like, you know, she's been taught it all her life with the bathtub and all of that kind of thing. And then here she is saying... Willingly going to go in. She's the one saying, I need a bath type thing to just drain out my sensory. And the thing is, the reason I laughed when I said sensory deprivation tank is because... Of Dustin calling Mr. Clark. <laughs> How does he even have his number? How and why? Me and Tom said that at the exact same time when we were watched it then, didn't we? Yes, we did. Honestly, I'm telling you now, I can't count the amount of times I've watched season one. Yeah. But because we aren't binging, I'm picking up on the tiniest details. Yeah. I, I've never thought to myself, how does Dustin have his number? I've just accepted it and yeah. just let the episodes just roll. Exactly. And 
it's just so funny and like I've said numerous times now on this podcast that I want a scene in season five where say it is going to be time travel that gets rid of Vecna I want a scene where they ask Mr. Clark how to do that yeah if it's not in person please at least a phone call yeah I'll happily accept a phone call because that phone call was really funny um it's just you just tell Mr. Clark's just like why did I give them my number or how did they get my number first of all second of all he's like bless these poor boys they really are grieving in the most bizarre ways but I have to accept it you know what I hate the fact that this is a either Troy or James line but grief shows itself in funny ways yes yeah probably the only time we'll actually agree with them but yeah that scene is just so funny and obviously Justin being like why are you closing this um... curiosity door yeah (laughs) why are you keeping this curiosity door closed and it's like Mr. Clark knows he's got him there. Like, he yeah. has to tell him now how to do his sensory Exactly, tank. that's it. If they had Mr. Clark swearing, it would be a moment of, son of a bitch. Yeah. Fine. Well, that might be the first time we've actually sworn on this podcast. Well, I mean, come on, that's a line that Dustin says. So. I suppose if it's allowed on the show, it has to be allowed on the <laughs> podcast. But apologies if there is anyone young in the background who may have heard that. Well, well, what can you do? It's done. It's (laughs) yeah, too late. It's done. Too bad, so sad. We're too lazy to edit, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, beyond some peak removal and adding music to the start and end, that's it. That's as far as I go. Yeah, we're lazy people. We're just being us. (laughs) Yeah, that is literally the end result every time. Deal with it. (laughs) So obviously, then Earl has again bravely told them that they need to create her a sensory deprivation tank. Yeah. And that leads us over to Hawkins Middle. Yes. The only place that's going to have all the salt that they need. Yeah. Well, then again, it's... Basically, it's grit salt. Yeah, yeah. So, was that in the middle? Well, I suppose then they are... Yeah, I suppose the school would have it to try and grit its grounds. Yeah. Well, we all know what schools are like. They don't want to shut for anything. No, exactly. But yeah, it's obviously, it's again funny because another Mike and Nancy moment is at the school <laughs> and they're trying to get into that like shed kind of thing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And oh, Mike. <laughs> what possessed Mike to think that he could break down the door? Yeah. But it's so, I don't know if that's an improv moment, the fact that he's like, ow. Because it's just so cute. Yeah, exactly. That's it. This season, they are so tiny and frail. Yeah. And, yeah, he tries pounding this door down. It's like, "Mm, mate, what was that? Yeah, he is quite impressed with his sister, though, when she, like, gets that rock and she's just like, right, stand back. And then she does it like that. Exactly. This. She's like, I've done this before. Yeah, I think this... Like I say, this uh, this is like the first episode we properly see these two re- uh, interact. Yeah. And it's like the first time they're properly noticing what each other are capable of. Yes, yeah. Like, that's it. Um, Mike Nancy has just been this... At uh, first, you know, as they were growing up, she was playing with them and all of that. She was okay. And then suddenly she's dating Steve and she's just this annoying older sister. She's changed, that, yeah. Yeah, that he has to put up with. Suddenly, she's able to break a lock open with a rock. Where's she yeah. been hiding this all her life? Yeah. But one thing that doesn't change between them is it doesn't matter that they say no more secrets from now on, we tell each other everything. <laughs> that is a lie. 
Bull. <laughs> exactly, because that is so funny. They're literally saying, you know, now on, we'll tell each other everything. Three seconds later. <laughs> Do you like Jonathan? No, no, it's not like that. Do you like Eleven? Ew, Ew gross. No, gross. <laughs> but my oh. God, all she needs to do is look at his face. Yeah. To again see the bull. Yeah. Right there. You know, he he knows he's lying and he's not going to hide again. No, yeah. He, he, he looks so, like, panicked as they start exactly, walking that's away. Exactly, Yeah, he just... As if he's like, oh my God, is it really obvious? Is Seeing it, as Nancy's yeah. only been with them for, like, two hours or something. And yeah, exactly. Up on that. That's it. The first Lucas was picking up on it in literally two seconds saying oh yeah I know you want to marry her yeah and now Nancy's like oh yeah you like her as well don't you yeah she's like no no I don't oh but it's I'm so glad that we do have these moments of comedy in this episode because like what comes next is really heavy it is you know it's it's Elle going into her tank that's been built well bless her her paddling pool um that's been created for her and Joyce is just so kind to her, like, before she gets in. She has been a mother figure for Elle since season one. Yeah. Since this moment right here. Literally since a couple of hours. And and it's just, like, you had picked up on, like, her knowing that she's searching for Will, Joyce's son, and yet she says to her, you know, if it's too scary... Get out. Yeah. Just let me know. Just get out of there. Just talk, That's it. tell me and, you know. Exactly. Joyce has known this girl for, like you say, maybe an hour or two. Yeah. Maybe three at a push. And yet she's saying, listen, I know you're trying to find my son. Yeah. But if you can't, if it's too scary, then don't. But that just speaks so much for the kind of person that Joyce is. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, this girl is literally her only hope yeah, in finding yeah. Will. So she's literally saying, if you're too scared, then, oh, well, he's going to die. Obviously, not, they're not the words. But that's the implication. Yeah. Is that if you can't find him, then I'm not going to force you to, even though that means he's going to die. Yeah, and I mean, I'm knowing Joyce, she'd find another way. Oh, she'd try to, but yeah. what other way would there be? Let's be completely well, honest. Well, Hopper knows where the gate is, doesn't he? So yeah, but they don't know where within go... there he is. It's true, but that wouldn't stop Joyce. That would no. not stop any true mother. And again, I think you're right in the sense that if they got to the Upside Down and they saw that it was a literal copy of Hawkins, I think the first place Joyce would check is probably Castle Byers. Yeah, Castle Byers and... Then probably the buyer's house. Yeah, you know. although he, he's not there after the Demogorgon busts down no, Castle Buyers, is no. he? So I can't remember where he is. I think it's either the library or the middle school. Yeah, the library sort of comes to mind Yeah, for something. I think it might be that. Yeah, it's somewhere like that. Um, again, the beauty of actually properly going through an episode, you know, rather than just binging straight through and, and almost blinking rather than staring. That's it, yeah, because it literally becomes a nine-hour movie. It does, it when absolutely you watch through. Does. And my God, I'm not about to say when season five comes out, we're going to watch them one by one. Uh, Dream no, on. No, we're not. <laughs> exactly. Of course we're not. Dream on. We are throwing Harry at your mother and we are going straight through. So we're binging to our heart's content. Oh God, we're going to have our daughter as well. Yeah. Two to worry about. Oh dear, your mother has her work put out for her. 
we'll recruit your mum as well. We'll bring them both together and get them to take one each. As long as my mother's nowhere near us, that's fine. <laughs> I hope she never is. <laughs> Could you imagine her listening to this? I could imagine her listening to this. How would she ever find it? She'd find a way. It's your mum. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Moving on from I love Tom's... her really. Yeah, we love you. Moving on from Tom's mum. <laughs> um, Elle is now in the void. Yes. Oh, bless her heart. Honestly, yeah. Like you say, you, you said this really well. If anything, seeing Barb in that state is probably scarier than the Demogorgon. Yeah. Because, yes, the Demogorgon is this big monster that pretty much would eat her head to toe yeah. like, in one big gulp. But, yeah, like you know, this is it. In Barb the void. Barb is rotting. Barb is rotting. Barb literally has Those... upside-down slugs coming out of a gob. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And here she is having to see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely disgusting. You can't blame her for the way she reacts to this. Yeah, and I mean, I'm a, I, who could blame her for if she took her goggles off and was like, no, I can't do it. Or yeah, exactly. at least needed some I think, time. I think she would have done that. She would have ripped those goggles off and be like, no, I'm never going there again. Yeah. If it weren't for Joyce. Yeah. Being there and just helping her through it. Just saying that, you know, I've got you. I'm yeah. here, you, you're okay. Yeah, and that's quite a moment, isn't it, when, like, it's okay, it's okay, and, like, I've got you. It's, like, vibrating around the upside... Not the upside down. Well, it's getting into her head, yeah. yeah she's hearing yeah. it in her head. And yeah. calming her. But also, what you see as well in that scene of her in the pool is that Joyce is holding one of her hand, but Hopper's holding her other hand. Ah, I miss that. Really, yeah. Hopper's holding her other hand. They're both holding her hand. and Literally her parents. Like, yeah, and it's almost like mirroring the future, really. It is, um, exactly. It really is. But that's is. quite special because obviously, you know, we don't know Hopper's true feelings at this moment in time because obviously we all know what he does at the lab to be able to guarantee Will's safety. So I'm not going to say, oh, he sees Elle as a daughter right now, because I don't think he does. But no. he is a father, and he's seeing a little girl in need exactly. at the moment. And exactly, so he is yeah. holding her hand. And, yeah, I think, like, with both of their kind of security of holding her still, she is able to have the bravery to continue. Exactly, and that's it. She is so brave again here, yeah. because... For all she knows, she might go and find Will and he's in the exact same or an even worse state. Yeah, absolutely. It could easily be. That if anything, there's no reason not yeah. for him to be like that. So, Well, the only reason for him not to be like that is because Henry has clearly got other plans for him. But this is it. We, She doesn't know it's him. No. Nobody knows it's him at this point. So, as I say, all we know at the moment, all they know is the Demogorgon. Yeah. Who has done that to Barb? Why would it not have done that to Will yet? Exactly. So yeah, yeah the fact that she's still willing to then try and find Will, and yeah. you said this well. You think Joyce's voice helped her just immediately tunnel Will as well without yeah. any sort of effort because she literally does just seem to take a bit of a breath, and then the scene changes. Yeah. And she's suddenly at Castle Byers with Will. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just like it just needed that that connection to Will. And obviously there's probably no closer connection than his mother. Yeah. And yeah, it takes us straight to Castle Byers. And I do remember like the first time I ever saw um, this episode feeling a bit nervy um, because we don't actually see Will for a little while. Like we see her approaching Castle Byers. We see her pulling back the sheep, but we don't see what she sees. Then we see her kneeling down and looking and looking down. And I'm like, oh God, like, what are you seeing? I didn't expect him to be like, like Barb was, but I was thinking, oh my God, is he going to be unconscious or something? Yeah. And I mean, he's practically on the edge. He is on the edge. And I do wonder if that's why the scene wisps away. Oh, you think he passes out or something? Well, I'm not sure because it's very odd for Elle to lose the scene from her point of view because obviously Barb's dead. You know, but she can still get that scene. I know. And I mean, it, it sort of implies that it's the Demogorgon interrupting it. Yeah, possibly. Because obviously Demogorgon, you know, on... Well, technically Henry. Yes, indeed. <laughs> if we're going for the long game. Yeah. But that's it, yeah. So from Will's point of view, obviously, he... Um, yeah, he uh, is suddenly met with the Demogorgon busting down Will uh, Castlebyers. Yeah. yeah. What just popped into my head... What's Will seeing? Because this is the one and only time, as far as I remember, that we see Elle interacting with someone in the void and the person acknowledging her. Hmm. I mean, Terry acknowledges her. Yeah. I can understand Terry, though, because obviously Elle's... I know the first shadow and all of that, but... Terry's got some abilities as well. Yeah. And I think, yes, Terry's locked away in her head, but I think she's probably living in the void mm. to have some sort of life locked behind those walls. But, yeah. yeah, this is the first, and as far as I'm aware, only time. Obviously, yeah, there's this whole thing with Billy in season three. Yes. But, again, that's Henry. Yeah. So that makes sense. Will, how does he hear her? How does he... Well, we don't know if he sees her. But either way, that's the first time there's been interaction. She's able to touch him and he's not immediately whispering away. Yeah. Stuff like that. So again, I do wonder if it's just a case of it being season one. They haven't fully decided how things go yet. Yeah. And then season two, they're like, right, okay, any sort of physical touch immediately... But also, like, we don't know the effect of him being in the Upside Down. It could be a almost like a side effect of him being in the Upside Down or the fact that he's so close to death, like, yeah, or maybe. anything like that. Because he's clearly, like, when we do see him in Castle Bios, like, he's clearly got pneumonia amongst many of the yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is it. He's been in the Upside Down for, I think it ends up being a week, doesn't it? I think so. And that's it. So, you know, a week without water, a week without food... Yeah. A week in this place without any sorts of sunlight, hence it being so cold. Yeah. Like you say, he's hypothermic. Yeah. Pneumonia, all of that. Starvation, thirst. Yeah. He's literally... I mean, but well, that's it. He's dead by the time they get to him in the next episode. Pretty much. And, yeah, like, obviously, Joyce hears him on the supercon saying, hurry, and... 
that's that's all that's all it takes what else is going to fuel you than hearing your boy literally as i say on the brink of death yeah begging you to hurry and the thing is i get hopper doesn't want joyce to come but there is no parent mother or father yeah that well except valani um (laughs) (laughs) that wouldn't go you know yeah exactly and i think hopper you know, as you say, he doesn't want her to risk herself, but no. he's like, how am I supposed to stop her now? Yeah, and from like Hopper's point of view, I suppose there's a bit of a mix there because obviously he's got responsibility in the sense of he is the chief of police. He has that kind of official duty to yeah. Will, but I also feel like he has also got an emotional duty because he's lost his daughter and he is like... I'm not gonna let you lose your son. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've I've got that sense from the ep- I think it's episode three when they start to really realise that he's genuinely missing. Yeah. And not just run off. Yeah. He's felt that way since then. If you ask me. Definitely, and you know, oh, it's just obviously Hopper does intend for them to be caught by the lab. And it's just difficult, isn't it? Because that's where we, like, finish it off. Yeah. Between them and the Demogorgon, obviously, coming for Will. And it is on such a cliffhanger. It's it's very hard not to go straight into the next episode, it's, isn't it? Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. Obviously, like you say, it helps us to focus on this episode only. And yeah. like I said, if we did just go straight into the next episode, first of all, it'd be too late. We wouldn't be recording this right now. No. But... I wouldn't be able to talk about this episode without mixing in the next. Exactly. I'd be the same. It'd all just merge into one. Even with notes. Yeah, and it's like I said like I've said a million times. Like it's so funny the little things you pick up on. It doesn't matter how many times we've actually rewatched. Because we've never had to do like a rewatch of one episode and leave it, you do pick up on just so much more stuff. It's it's interesting. Yes, it is. But yeah, that doesn't mean that when we watch season five we're not going to binge of course we are oh god like if you asked me to watch it one by one no (laughs) (laughs) no no it's gonna have to be a binge watch and then if we you know we'll do a rewatch after that (laughs) yeah exactly and even then i'll be like no we're binge watching it at least five times before we can watch it one by one yeah definitely (laughs) so really that is this episode covered we said it was going to be a long one and we weren't lying at all (laughs) no i mean we've managed to uh drop my estimation by about 53 minutes so it's not a two-hour one (laughs) that might please some people that might disappoint others (laughs) i apologize (laughs) but um what we have had some feedback about ironically from my sister is that we should put a post on our Instagram um, every time we have an episode. So if people want to discuss really what they think about the episode, then they can in the comments. Or if they you know, just want to say what they thought of this exactly. actual podcast that's episode. That's it, because that's the sort of annoying thing about podcasts and the platforms they're on. You can obviously rate. That's yeah, great. We get the figures, but there's no comments. Yeah, there's I mean, no I haven't feedback figured out option. review really on it either. No, there's basically not other than just liking or giving us a rating. Yeah. There's no review or anything like that. So Yeah, and just to clarify, this isn't really 
to get a review. I mean, if you want to leave us a review on the comments, that'd be great. No, that'd be that's it. But just review, to but have a bit of discussion. Section. Yeah, exactly. There's no option for that. A podcast is very one-sided if you just stick to the platform. Yeah. So. So yeah. So if you aren't following us on Instagram, um, our Instagram name is all one word: Couples Guide to Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, you'll find us there, and yeah, for this episode. Um, we will put a post the same day and, and see if people want to share their thoughts. Yeah, possibly on the podcast if you want to, but really on, on the so rewatch on, yeah. of that yeah. episode and, you know, what maybe stuck out to you or maybe things you hadn't noticed or, you know, you can, you're allowed to disagree with us as well. Exactly. That's it. This is the whole point. We're sharing our opinions and we want to know yours as well. Yeah, absolutely. But thank you so, so much for listening. Um, we are really enjoying doing this. I yes. can't believe we have almost finished season one. I know, that's it. I know it's been really slow, but it's also yeah. gone really fast. Yeah, and that's it. When we After we have spoken about chapter eight, um, we will be doing an episode kind of not really recapping season one, but saying what our favourite moments were and our favourite characters. And I said that I think we should do, like, favourite characters as, as separate to the actors, if that makes sense. Yeah, so favourite characters and favourite actors. Like a standout actor or two for the season, you know. Yeah. They, they, you know, because that's it. At the end of the day, like, the character of Billy in season three, you know, he might not be your favourite character because he's obviously very nasty and evil, but yeah. you can really admire like Dacre's work. Exactly. I said his name right. Um, you can really, really admire his exactly. work. Exactly. You know, he's a fantastic actor. He is a standout actor. You know. Yeah. Spoiler for season three because that's probably who I'll be picking for season three as my standout <laughs> actor. Yeah, I think. Yeah, likewise. To be fair. Yeah. So again, thank you so much for listening, and we will be back soon with chapter eight of season one. Yeah, our final episode for season one. I'm trying to think what it's called. Is it called The Gate? Or no, am I thinking up, of season two? The Upside Down. <laughs> there we go. The Upside Down. I remembered for once. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye.